Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to you all, depending on where you are in the world. Welcome to Shine Your Light Podcast, hosted by myself, David and Tasha. So this podcast aims to shine a light, <laughs> we know, shameless fun, it was intended, on individuals who work within the entertainment industry. This industry is often filled with speculation on what it takes to make it, which means compromising on values, morals, or even beliefs. But Shine Your Light is here to demystify these tales by talking with the people who, I guess, have made it. That's right. We are here to showcase you how people of faith, primarily Christians, who have successfully navigated their way through this industry and kept their faith strong during the good and the bad times. So tell your parents, your uncles, your aunts, even your exes, your boyfriends, your girlfriends, your cousins, anyone who you think is going to benefit. And don't worry, if you're a non-believer, this podcast is for you too. Because we know you're going to get some gems from all of our guests. Hey everybody and welcome to Shine Your Light Podcast. We are your hosts, David and Tasha, and today we are joined by the amazing Miss Keisha Renee. Hey Keisha. I'm so sorry. My clap was awful. I apologize. Keisha, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, um, my name is Keisha Renee, and I'm a singer, songwriter, um, a touring musician, a mother. A cook. <laughs> I like long walk on That's the beach. No, I'm Dating Great. And who are the, some of the people that you've worked with that our audience might know? Um, I've worked with Jill Scott, Adam Lambert, um, the amazing Elton John. I've worked with um, P. Diddy. Um, my last and most like. Take the longest yeah. job I've ever had, like consistently, is uh, Nicki Minaj. I've been rocking with her for like seven years, and um, just recently I worked with Beyonce. I forgot to put that in there. How can you forget Queen? Okay, <laughs> I think I can say that. I, um, yeah, so those are some of the people I've worked with. Yeah, JoJo, Jesse J. Um, we know that with this platform, we are showcasing and highlighting people that are of faith and are in the entertainment industry. So I'm curious to know, what was your introduction to Christianity? My introduction to Christianity started at a very young age. Um, my grandmother and mother had me in church ever since I could walk or talk or even before. Um, I've heard stories that I was at choir rehearsal when I was like eight months old with my granny and trying to sing. So I've... Uh, you know, I basically was born into Christianity. Like I was introduced to him, you know, along with my ABCs. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So with that introduction to church, which is quite similar to like how a few musicians that I know previous have got into the music industry, i.e. the Whitney Houstons of the world come from a church background and now moved into entertainment like how was that transition for you and what was that um I suppose how did you explain that to your family that I'm no longer going to be in the church I'm going to go and do it in this I mean my family they saw the the gift at a very young age and so they've always been supportive of it always nurtured it anything I wanted to do you know talent shows or be in the choir be in groups they were very supportive so I don't think that they ever um like put a genre on it. They just knew that I had a love for music and that I had a talent. Um, and I was focused on it at a young age. So they, you know, kind of rallied up behind my dream of being this singer um, and supported it from day one. I have like the best family in the world. I know everyone feels that way, but I really didn't like prove it. <laughs> it's like everyone's saying their mom's the best cook. You could, you probably are right. I didn't say mom. The best, but <laughs> as a collective, they, they ride for me. I mean, I have literally done music my whole life. Like, I went to a church that was like mega church before it started, so they had a really big music department. Um, and by being there, I was uh exposed to um, kind of like the music industry early because it was a mega church that kind of operated, you know, in that like big scale. And so our music department were, um, you know, the choirs were doing CDs and putting out songs on the radio from like being a church mm -hmm. choir. And my uh, choir director um, by the name of Cindy Evans at the time, she had like a entertainment company on the side. And so 
Um, it was called New House Entertainment. And so I had a manager very early at like 11 years old. I was in a girl group by that time and we were recording songs and, um, you know, traveling around the city of Los Angeles performing as this like gospel destiny's child. And I was really like getting a taste of what I wanted at a young age. So I, most people my age, like I'm 11 they outside playing, you know, hide and seek and playing with Barbies. I'm getting ready to perform at this church event and, you know, I'm excited about it. So my childhood really was music. It was performing. And um, I knew right then and there at a young age, this is what I wanted to do. So like in high school, I'm doing my schoolwork, but I'm also singing background on, you know, the celebration of gospel on BET behind these gospel artists. And, you know, I'm singing background from Mary Mary and Dottie McClurkin at like 16, you know what I'm saying? And then I got the opportunity to go on Showtime at the Apollo um, when I was my senior year. So a lot of my senior year, I was going back and forth because I kept like winning. Um, and with the Apollo, they only show like a portion of it on TV, I think in February and September. So the people that, you know, go year round, they're kind of like fighting for the spot to actually be shown on TV. So you have to like win, I think four or five times before you can like come back to be like on the actual TV show. And so I was going back and forth. I kept winning. And on the last one, this older lady came and sung like a church song. And you know, I don't know if you're familiar with Showtime at the Apollo, but you can't boo Jesus. They just have a it's not and gonna work. Like this lady, God bless her. Like she wasn't the best of singers, but she sung a church song. So they were like, you know, they were so when the pleasant when they went over her because she sung the church song and she was from New York, I think. They screamed really loud and she had a lot of support there. I'm from LA. It was just my mom and my granny in the audience, and then I was depending on everyone to fall in love with Greg. So she had like a lot of people there from her church. So she ended up winning that night. It was like you was not supposed to win. <laughs> oh. So, you know, I back to LA to finish my senior year, kind of defeated, like, that ain't fair. And um, I remember I was in class, and I heard the principal, like, Lakeisha, come to the principal's office. And everybody, like, oh, what you done did? And I walk in, and um, Monique. Pacus, man. Yeah. I forgot her last name. I don't think she goes by her last name. It's just Monique. Yeah. <laughs> just Monique. But, yeah, she was in the... um the principal's office and she was just like she was the host of showtime at the apollo at this time so she came all the way to my high school to tell me like you know i heard you was done wrong you should have won so i want to invite you back to like the actual tv part you know um when it starts back but then she got pregnant with her kids and didn't do the show so that fell through but it was just like that was my life as a teenager you know what i'm saying like i'm at school and Monique walks in, inviting me places. It was just like, wow. Like, I just knew from the jump, like, music is what I want to do. But I did, you know, only see gospel at a young age. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what I grew up in. But, you know, life mm. happens and you experience things. And I got this job at a club. And hey. it opened my eyes to, like, see that I sung this song that was about love. It wasn't necessarily about God. and I'm still breathing. <laughs> like I didn't drop dead <laughs> on the stage. You know what I'm saying? Like you didn't I, get struck by lightning bolt. Like, strike. No wrath of God came down. <laughs> um, and then I noticed like how the audience was reacting. It was similar to the reaction that I got in church. So I was just like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> What's up in here? You know, I think this is okay. So my transition was kind of really um, because I got a job singing background um, at a club that Jamie Foxx hosted on a Monday night and it brought celebrities there. It brought, you know, up and coming, inspiring independent artists. And I got to support all of them. Um, and one night I was oh, wow. singing, um, one of my favorite artists is Jill Scott and she was in the audience. Like I'm singing her song and she's there and I'm just like, what is happening? And from there that That's opened amazing. this door of touring, singing with, you know, different artists. I started singing background for her. And from there went to Adam Lambert and, Adam Lambert exposed me to the world. Like I didn't even know that certain places even existed on the map. Like we did New Year's in Bali. I was like, where is that? <laughs> what is a Bali? You know, and so what is a Bali? <laughs> where is that at? I'm now like getting into geography. Like, where are all these places you're taking me? And I'm in Japan and 
Tokyo. And it's just like, I, as a little girl growing up in Inglewood, California, all I saw was, I just want to sing. You know, I didn't know that it expanded to a whole wide world that I would be able to reach. Like, I didn't think that. And Mm -hmm. God really allowed, you know, this journey to be kind of tailor-made for me because this industry is very like self-imaged and you got to look a certain way, you know, sex sales. And I was 350 pounds. Like I was, I have been uh, overweight my whole life. And so this music industry love that I had, it was um, definitely something that I wanted, but it was kind of far-fetched mm-hmm. in the back of my mind because it was like, I didn't see too many people that looked like me. That's why I love Jill Scott so much because she was like one out of a million that was, in the industry, on TV, but looked like me. You know, everyone else mm-hmm. was, you know, showing their skin because they could. And it was just sex, sex, sex. So in the back of my mind, I felt like I kind of had to only sing gospel because I didn't look like what the other people looked like, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But deep down inside, my desire was to do more than just gospel music because I knew that the gift that he gave me was bigger than just church, you know, like I felt like I needed to go out into the world singing whatever I was singing, but to bring them into, you know what I'm saying? Like singing R&B won't get the people that go to church or, you know, we still be there, but you ain't supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you ain't supposed to, you know, you we'll know out to club and you're in church on Sunday. That ain't how it's supposed to be. But at the end of the day, you know, I thought, how about go out into the world, seek and save those that are lost by singing the songs that they enjoy. But then while they're there at that show, I'm singing, yes, Jesus loves me, or I'm dropping little hints of who I'm really, you know, rooted in. And it it has worked for me. People come up to me, when you sing, I cry, I feel something, I get chills. And that's my opportunity to tell them that's the anointing, that's God, that's Jesus touching you, feeling you telling you to, you know, come over here, you know, come see about me um, through this love song, through this song that I don't got nothing to do about him, but you feel him. And I feel like that's my purpose. And so I knew that that was bigger than church. So this journey really was him showing me that, hey, you can go to a Bali and sing with someone who the world might feel is wrong in our Christianity faith, because exactly. Adam Lambert is a proud gay man. And he mm-hmm. showed me how to put on eyeliner better than I knew, but loves God and loves people and is a, a, a just a lover. And I feel like God is love. And those people, um, the church really kind of shines away from. And I feel like I was there to be that light. You know, if he was having a bad day, I would say something and it would be Christ driven and it'll make him smile. Like I've always been placed in those situations to be that light. And, um, you know, how can light draw, drown out light? If we all light, then it's, it's going to be sunny all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. Nah, I'm so happy that you talked about that because um, it's so true. But from your perspective, you was put in a spotlight at a very young age. How would you able to deal with everything that goes that comes with it, the fame, popularity, temptations? Because we've seen a lot of child stars go wayward. Do you think your faith helped you? Definitely. I feel like, it all starts with foundation. I can't speak on like all the other, you know, childhood celebrities. I don't know what their home life was like. You know what I'm saying? But I had foundation instilled from the jump. I knew who God was from a very young age and I was intrigued by him. Like I wanted to know more. So it wasn't something that I was forced to do. A lot of people are kind of forced to go to church when they don't really like, you know, find something that they like about it then it becomes something that it's like they're made to do. But I found music in church and I fell in love with it. So it was something that I wanted to do. And then learning about Christ and actually experiencing these blessings along the way at such a young age. Like I used to be like, so against tithing. Like I, I have the dopest relationship with God because I feel like I'm that type of person. Like I question everything. I was that student like, well, why? (laughs) so i'm like that with god like if not if you god but i know you're god but listen if this is really what you want me to do show me you know i do that so at one stage i'm like you mean to tell me if i got a hundred dollars i gotta give you 10 why 10 i'm only left with 90 i work for this (laughs) 
show me that if you you said give and it shall be given unto you. So I'm going to try you, Lord. I'm giving you. So at a young age, I was making money and my family was showing me, hey, principal, when you make money, you got to give God your 10% off the rip. So at a young age, I'm trying him. I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, I just made this um, $100. I'm giving you 10. What's going on? Let me see what's happening. So one day at church, I went and I tithed, right? But in the back of my mind, I'm like, all right, this show opportunity to show me because I ain't going to keep giving you my money and I don't get no, you know. So it was this guy at church. He um, was one of like the security guards for um, my pastor. And after church, he was like, come here. And I went over there and he placed $100 in my hand. He said, God told me to bless you. And I was just like, okay, I hear you. I see you. You were like, you're about to get all these I need that I said, okay, got it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like my life, I've really had this relationship with God. Like you got to show me not to prove anything to me, but it's like, if I'm supposed to serve you and lay it all down, like I want to know that this is what it is. And that's, I think everybody, it's a, it's a relationship. Like you wouldn't get in a, a relationship with your spouse without asking questions or, you know, getting an understanding, you know what I'm saying? So why not get that understanding for yourself with God? It's a personal walk. Mm-hmm. Everybody's walk is tailor made, but as Christians, we're kind of told like, it's this kind of like scripted situation and it's not like, it's tailor made for you. Your walk with Christ is your walk and you got to get to know him for yourself. And church has, you know, it's there for a foundation, but the pastor can talk from his point of view and it's not your, your walk. You know what I'm saying? So they're there to guide, but the church is not there to be your end and all. Like you have to know him for yourself. You have to try him. You have to talk to him. Like it can't just be on Sunday under somebody else. And I learned that. Like, I learned through this life, it's about me and him. And that's why when I made that transition from this gospel singer into just a singer, because I still sing gospel, I sing whatever come my way. Um, it was because that relationship with him, I blocked out all the noise of the naysayers and those deep Christians. Oh, you going to hell and you not doing nothing right. How can you be on stage with Nicki Minaj? She don't stand for Christ. And it's like, you don't know what we do behind stage. We be back there praying. We'd be back there worshiping, praising worship. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't judge someone's profession and equal that with their relationship with God. Like, that that doesn't even make sense. Because if I was an officer, you know, and I had to kill someone in the line of duty, does that make me less of a lover of Christ because I was doing my job? Mm-hmm. Like, this is my job. <laughs> I'm actually so happy that you actually brought this up because this is probably something that every believer who works in the entertainment industry or a secular industry has actually had to deal with. How have you had to deal with facing criticism or even feedback from other Christians who believe that you're working with secular artists or you're working with people like Adam Lambert who's gay? It hurts. Like in my private time, it hurts that people can't you know, follow the word where it says, don't judge <laughs> like that little simple rule. Like it, just, it baffles me that as Christians, we choose what we want to like abide by. And then we pick and choose what's mm-hmm. okay to get away with. And it's just like, you know, it, it used to bother me, but it's like everyone sins and falls short. So I have to remember that. like at the end of the day, you see me physically on stage with someone, someone that you don't agree with. But I can't see what you do at home. So it's like, you might be doing something way worse. But because I can't see it, you have the upper hand to like point the finger. So I had to realize that at the end of the day, everybody doing Mm -hmm. something that they ain't supposed to be doing. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. Someone is out there doing something that God is going, "Mm -mm, that ain't right. You know, I can't sit back and try to point my finger and try to be like, well, you doing this to justify what I'm doing. I don't feel like, you know, singing, um, behind a Nicki Minaj or a Adam Lambert or Elton John is committing sin, you know? Um, because the lyrics that we sing now, Nicki can get a little <laughs> over there, but I'm not singing them lyrics. You know what I'm saying? When I'm on stage, we're talking about love. I ain't never had to cuss in a song with her. Like what I am doing, I've never had to compromise. And I feel like that's also him. He's putting me on the biggest stages to be exposed to the world. And I've never had to really compromise who I am. So I don't feel like what I'm doing is um, 
something that he's frowning upon or he wouldn't keep opening these doors, I feel. That's true. <laughs> it's know? so true. I know he's the one opening them. It ain't me. So if it wasn't for me, then these doors wouldn't keep flying open. I'm singing the night is still young and so are we. What does that mean? But people are so inspired by that because they saw it on Good Morning America with Nikki at seven o'clock in the morning. And that video that was done almost seven years ago, five years ago, is still being sent to me in my direct message. You inspire me. And I'm like, what did I say? <laughs> All I said was the night is still young and so are we. What does that mean? But they feel something because I was on that stage and my intent behind singing is so that people can feel God. And I think that's another thing, your intent, your intention is it plays a major part. People see me in these secular arenas, but my intent for being there isn't for greed. It isn't for the world. It's because I know I have a gift that God wants people to see. So I feel like that's why I'm being pulled into all these different rooms, being requested by all these different people, because that light was, uh, it affected someone. And they're like, hey, I need that light over here. Hey, bring that light over here. You know, shining that light. <laughs> You you preaching, Keisha. You preaching. <laughs> but no, I think I think that's so true. I think in so many avenues, the intent has always it's always about what is inside of you, and it always says like God sees your heart. And I think that's just an amazing testament to you to show that your heart is always in the right place, no matter where you are in those spaces. But with that in mind, like you have people in the industry that I know are for God but you also have people in the industry that are not. That's true. You hear all this stuff about like the darkness of the industry and it's so refreshing to know that you're such a beacon of light coming through it and it's almost like um, breaking that mold. I'm just curious to know that, have you ever been around those people that are almost like trying to take away from your light, like trying to drain you of what you have? Because we know the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. I mean, so when you think about it, I, me personally, I can't say I've seen like anyone walking around in robes, drawing blood, making you drink it. But what I will say is when you go back to biblical, the fallen angel, Lucifer himself, was the head musician. Like he was music in and out. So it wouldn't be, you know, too far fetched for him to be the author of the industry or the the motivator of it or behind a lot of the intentions. You know what I'm saying? Because it is. Why would you gain the world and lose your soul? And a lot of these um, entertainers, they have this same dream, just like I. Or maybe they lack that 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 discipline to say no to the quick. You know what I'm saying? Someone, I mean, as a child, what, what, when your mama said, Hey, you can't have no candy until after dinner. And then somebody come and offer you something. You have that choice to go, do I listen to what mama said or do I take this candy? And it's always about a choice. And my Uh foundation and in my experience, when I went against what mama said, I got beat down. So I've learned real soon. "Mm -mm, I'm going to go on over here and eat that candy after dinner. Get away from me. Uh Uh-uh. So in my experience, situations where I walk in the room and it's cocaine on the table and they're like, Hey, you want to do it? No, thank you. I'm okay. Because and you're like, I'm out. Thank you. No candy until Wrong after room. dinner. I'm not saying that cocaine is candy. I'll never do that. But I'm just saying, I've learned from the the <laughs> foundation that was put in me from right and wrong. Now I might mm. have a little drink every now and then, but all that other stuff, like the temptations of what the industry brings, the alcohol, the girls, the sex, the this, the that, Mm-mm. That never really enticed me because I had that foundation and I knew that by gaining that, I would lose so much. So for what? Because by having that foundation and sticking to Mm. it, I've gained the world. I've seen the world. I've experienced it. And I kept hold to my faith. And he showed me life is sweet over here. That's the thing. The devil will show you some stuff and make it seem like it's so sweet. But it comes with agony and pain. Rich people are miserable. Because they had to agree to so much stuff that went against their foundation, but it's too late now. Because you said you gained the world and you have lost who you are. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to do none of that. And honey, life is sweet over here. <laughs> <laughs> it's so like beautiful to hear your relationship uh, with God and um, your journey. But in this journey called life, um, there's good, there's bad. How would you describe your journey um, as being a believer? Has it always been amazing, good? Or have there been moments when you're like, it's oh, called actually real. Why am I doing all of this? That's the thing. Life is life. And I have had some stuff. 
and the thing about it, being this person who has been put um, in the limelight as this supporter of all your favorite artists, they kind of make me feel like I'm the artist too. Like you're famous. So you can't really have a bad day. You can't go on Instagram and cuss everybody out because you're their inspiration. Mm. You're so positive. You know, well, this is what I get. Like I'm inspiring and I'm, you know, I, mm. when I'm, sad I put on a song that you sing and and it brightens my day so it's like I feel like I hold this weight of responsibility for all this positivity you know what I'm saying and when I have a bad day I can't be like a normal person and go on Instagram or go on a Facebook live and be like you know what frustrating because it's like I'm human too but I feel like I don't have that same wiggle room to mess up because so many people depend on me not failing, if that makes yeah. sense. So it's like, if I feel that way, mm-hmm. I can only imagine what a Beyonce feels. Like, it's so much pressure. But because I have that relationship with God, I know that, like, these people are inspired by me, but they're really the force of my inspiration because I know that my mission here mm-hmm. Is to be that light for them. Mm-hmm. He placed me on these different platforms for them to discover him through me. And so those bad days are so outweighed by the blessings that he's given me. Um, and when I tell you, they've been some bad days. Like I've, I've been so naive. I've been married. I've, I went through a divorce. And in that time, my mind was all over the place because it's like, who wants to fail at marriage? I now have this child. And it's just like you have this life that people look up to. So this is another like failure to me. And it's public because I made my life public. So people know you're married and you have this child and life is great. And now it's falling apart and that's about to be public. And so it's just like so much is going on. Um, This lady came up to me and asked me to like cash a check for her and you know it turned my life upside down it was fraud so it's like life happens to me but I kind of have to do it in silence I can't do it out in the open because of being so positive so to answer your question it has been very very lows but the highs that he's shown me or provided after a low to show that I am God, I'm still here. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And my promise is still my promise. Though I cry, those little things along mm-hmm. the way have kept me going. And it has shown me that he's real because for someone to be so low, I felt like I had nothing, nothing. And the, the minute I let go and let him take control, I went on a tour with Jojo and not to tell you my business, but it was the lowest paying tour that I've ever had as far as just what I made a week. But I was in a position where God had to strip me from everything. I lost my marriage. I lost all my money. I had a two-year-old at the time who was depending on me to take care of her. And I felt like I had zero. But yet on social media, people were still inboxing me that I was inspiring them. And I'm the reason why they didn't kill themselves. And I'm over here wanting to take my life because I was at the lowest point and God turned that thing around so fast. It was the best tour I ever went on. Jojo has been the best tour I've ever went on. Even though it was the lowest pain, it was the best thing because God showed me, I got you. Mm. And now it's me and you don't put nothing before mm. me. And I've literally walked <laughs> with him from that point on. I opened up 10 shows as an artist on that tour. Happened and the opener had to fall out, and I opened 30 minutes set before JoJo hit the stage, and then went and changed my clothes and went and supported her. God showed me when you are a servant, I will make you a ruler over everything. And He showed me just Mm -hmm. sit back and relax and enjoy this ride because I've already had it planned out. All of our lives, your life, David, your life, Tosh has already been planned out. And we try to figure it out, but he already had it figured out. So that's why journeys and lows and highs come because we get in the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get in the way. And when you really let go and let God, he will show you, I already had this master plan and all you got to do is walk it out with me. And that's what I'm doing. And from that point on, when I thought it was the lowest, I literally had went up from there. I did JoJo. I opened up 10 tours, um, 10 shows on that. Wow. From there, I was on The Voice. 
and went to a semifinalist on that. From there, I moved to Nashville and sung the national anthem um, at a NASCAR race, and it was on television, broadcast to 30 million people. It was like, listen, and I'll be sitting back like, how is all of this my life? And then I look up and be like, okay, you're right. (laughs) All the time. Like you did that. Even in this whole Corona situation, like I'm still making money. I'm still working. And, you know, hindsight is like, oh my God, what is happening? Like I can't tour. I can't do this. Life had stopped, but he has sustained me this whole time. Like when I actually sit back and do my finances and pay my bills, I have been kept. And I can't turn my back on that because he's shown me for 33 years that he is the way, the truth, and the light. And if you follow me, you will have everything. And I'm a, I'm a believer. And I am a uh, a witness to this journey and the blessings that he's given me. And I will serve him for the rest of my life. <laughs> Can't nobody tell me different. Can't <laughs> nothing be brought to the table that can trump God. Trust me, God's the only way. <laughs> tell them again, boy. Because I'm there like, I'm trying not to cry with you. I'm here like, oh. <laughs> Because you know, Keisha, we here. Like, we here. I'm like, whoa, okay. Like, uh, just in case you guys didn't know, the podcast is out there listening. Yeah. Keisha's actually my bestie. So, um, <laughs> we found. <laughs> we found each other. My sister in Christ. But, you know, it's like, God takes you through so many leaps and bounds, but he still remains so faithful. And I think that that testimony within itself is just, like beyond what anyone could ever even like it's a modern day biblical story yeah. if we were to write it out like you could have your whole verse or whole right. saying like, Keisha <laughs> Renee turn to the book Renee exactly <laughs> <laughs> so like I think even with that like what was I suppose what are the three things would you say that were like your driving force? Like, did you go to particular sermons that would like pump you up? Do you like listen to particular songs that get you into that state of being? Like, what is it for you that just keeps I mean, that it's, fuel burning? It's been different things throughout, you know, life. But at this stage, um, I'm a mother and that's a driving force to keep going. Um, God, of course, is number one because I know that he has a plan and, and it's purpose. And so um, I want to fulfill purpose on earth. So that's number one. Like, what do you want me to do, Lord? Like, lead me and I'll follow. I want to be in your will. Um, So that's a driving force of just being in purpose. And um, number two, you know, just providing for my daughter and being an amazing example. I had great examples of strong, black, beautiful women growing up, God-fearing women. And I want to be that for her. Like, I want her to look up and want to be like mommy you know, and just the best versions of me, the best qualities of me and um, show her that whatever you want to do in life is possible if you are dedicated to it and keeping him first, like he will get you there for sure. Um, And nothing in life is easy. So you have to work for it. Um, And number three, the satisfaction of knowing that I did it. Like, like I said, I've been doing this since I can remember. I mean, the choir opened up at the age of six. I think you could be in the choir at six. And um, the youth choir, I think, was the age 12, right? And so I got skipped to the youth choir when I was 10. And so many people were mad. Like, I had to wait until I was 12. But the gift has really made room for me. And it's really put me in places um, that I know was God ordained. So that's the driving force to see it through, see it to the end. What is the end? Like you put this dream into me and I've seen, you know, these prophecies or I've seen the the vision of where it can go. And I want to see it through to the end. I want to say, Hey, I saw that and it's now happening. You know what I'm saying? So just the seeing it through to the end force of why I keep going. <laughs> you keep going, girl. But I wanted to find out from you, is there anyone in the Bible that you identify with the most or that you gain inspiration from at all? Wow. That's a good question. Um, it's a loaded question. It's like <laughs> so many like different parts of different stories. Like no one story altogether is like my true, like what I'm going through. I'm probably gonna get the names wrong, but who took their son up on the mountain to like sacrifice him 
Abraham. I think that's me. <laughs> but what I get from that okay. story. Okay. But that story really resonates with me because it's like when you really think about it, God was testing him to see if you would give up like the one thing that you love the most. Um, and it's like this walk with God, people make it seem like, you know, it's so easy, but it could be easier when we actually give up that thing, that one thing that we know is like hindering us from completely walking with him, um, be it alcohol or weed or whatever your vice is. It's like that one thing that you can't give up, but you love them. You love Christ. So you walk with them, but it's like that one thing that, you know, I ask for forgiveness. And I feel like with the story with Abraham, God knew that he loved his son. He waited for this son for so long. And when he finally got him, you tell me to kill him. Like what? Like who would do that? In, in today's time, like if God told me to kill no, my baby right mad. now, I'd be like, "Hey, you lying?" Mad, mad. Like, no. like, I know you lying. I don't even think about it. What you said. You think go kill her baby doll? Like not my baby. And for Abraham to be so obedient, not knowing what the result was going to be, like in his mind, the result is I'm about to lose my kid. You know, but because. This God that I serve in told me to do it. I have to be obedient. So that story resonates. Like I have had so many times where I know God said, turn left. But I'm like, I'm going to go right and see what happened. I could always go left. Like I can just turn around. And it's like, no, you have to really be obedient because the obedience is so much better than sacrifice. So in my life now, when I hear from God, no matter how uncomfortable it is, I want to be that trusting in him that I know even though what you're asking me to do kind of seems crazy um you're God so I'm gonna do it and know because at the end of the day he didn't really want to take his son mm-hmm. he wanted to see what his obedience was and when he was obedient he got his son and more and so I really want to walk that out like I want to be obedient even when it don't look good because I know that the other side of it has to be greater than That's what true. you're telling me I to think give even in the I think I heard you sing in the Kanye West Sunday service more than anything. And that song just ministers to me so deeply each and every single time. Me too. <laughs> I think that's why Jason like, pointed me to come see it because he knows. Um, Jason has been a friend of mine for years, for years, like over 13, 15 years. And he's seen the journey. He knows my personal walk with God. So that song is like my testimony. Like I love God more than anything because I've been around more to the naked eye and he has shown me I'm better. You know, I've I've seen what life could be and it's so much greater over here. So I will serve you every day. I love you more than money, more than anything, because you give me that. Like, Life is sweet with God. All the things that you think you can obtain with the world, he will give you that (laughs) with peace. You know, not all the stuff that the world can offer because all of it ain't godly. But what I'm saying is, you know, at the end of the day, we all just want to be comfortable. We want a roof over our head. We want to be able to go to the store and the car don't decline. Okay. Maybe that's just me. I just want the simple things in life. It's true. And serving God has gotten me that and more. Like I can go and buy some crab legs, you know, <laughs> it's going through. I'm going to have to ask Americans about what it is about crab legs because I really need to find this out because Keisha, we're going to have to go and get some crab legs and you're going to have to teach me all about this thing because I don't know. You don't know? How I don't know. know. Like I've never had crab legs. Never. never. You? No, I don't even oh. like shellfish to be honest. I, I told you, Keisha, <laughs> is wasted talking about David over here. We all, and I'm playing. <laughs> so a lot of people don't like crab because you have to do a lot of work just to get like this little bit of meat. Yeah. But it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> well, when you a uh, crab cracker like me, you've kind of got it down to a science. I go, me and my mom. My mom loves like that's her favorite food. So I've been around, you know, like crab legs for a while so we kind of got it down you know where to crack it you know where you know what knuckle to open you know we kind of got it down to a science <laughs> okay sorry I've digressed I took it to at listen I'm a heart so I don't know <laughs> I said I was 350 that was for me <laughs> I love to eat that <laughs> <laughs> But um, how has it been, like, to segue into the, um, you working with um, 
Kanye West Sunday service team. How has that experience been like transitioning from, I don't know if you've transitioned from or you're still doing like working within the country music scene or you've now done more yeah. of the Sundays. It's really, um, and this has kind of been like my uh, struggle as being an artist and then being a supportive, uh, like a background singer, um, because you get the opportunity to do so many amazing things with this artist that has established themselves, right? So you're supporting that and you have to kind of like support what they're saying. So you're supporting their vision, their genre, their everything. Uh-huh. And then you are yourself, you get this momentum, um, you know, country soul is my lane. Like I love country music because it tells a story, not necessarily for like the fiddle and, you know, how it sounds, but the genre is deeper. Uh-uh. You know, they actually paint a picture with the lyrics. And um, another thing that I love about it is like the women in country music, the way they present themselves is very wholesome. Um, it's very Christ-like. <laughs> uh, <Trust> so <laughs> I identified with, you know, the storytelling aspect of that and the fact that I didn't have to sell sex in order to sell a song. Um, so I was just like, well, I'm going to create my own genre. It's going to be country soul because I don't have the twang in the country. Uh-huh. Um, you know, church and R&B down to the core. So I wanted to blend my love. And so, yes, I, um, I actively, you know, am trying to break down barriers in this genre that's, you know, kind of, <laughs> they're very, um, it's not a diverse genre. They're, it's not really uh, penetrated with other um, ethnicities. There we go. Yeah. So <laughs> um, that's already like a, a battle within itself. But it's like you try to focus on your artistry, but then you have all these different things that pull you in different directions because background singing is like my nine to five. That's my clocking in, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like I have to kind of keep it separate because I don't want to lose focus on the actual artistry the you know the momentum that I'm trying to build over here but when I get calls to do like a Kanye Sunday service or you know any of the other jobs I have to look at that like you know my light bill it's my nine to five I gotta go clock in um but with the Sunday service um it really was life-changing because when I went into it I didn't know what it was and I was one of the like original I came in on like the second week of it ever doing anything um the first week I was out of town so I missed it and then when I came, I was kind of like, what is this? You know, because, you know, Mr. West. At that time, I was just like everyone else outside looking in, like, I don't know what this guy got going on, but it's a nine to five. So I went in with just, you know, it was very like apprehensive, like what's going on? Um, But I'm so glad I didn't lean to my own understanding and not take the job because it turned out to be the best experience of God that I've had outside of church like I haven't experienced God like I did in the beginning of Sunday service ever like ever no church I've ever went to I have felt him like this like it was crazy and I really felt like in the beginning um Mr. West was just doing this because he was on a spiritual journey he was you know finding out who God was to him and because he is a um person of genius when it comes to music that was his only way of giving back to God I feel Uh and this is just me trying to figure it out like why would you start this but he was just like how can I express you know my love for God or this new journey that I'm on and I don't know how to do nothing but music you know so he implemented music with him learning out who God was. So this walk was amazing to see mm. because it was really real. And I think it still is real because if you know who God is, God will use the person that everyone least expects. He uses the He uses the whores. He uses the ones that people will be like, I ain't listening to you. How? What? Uh-huh. But he will use that person to show you who he is. And so it wasn't too far-fetched that God will use someone like Kanye. Yeah. Because he was so combative and, you know, go against the grain. So it's like, why not use him? And the movement was so crazy, y'all. Like, we literally saw people 
from all walks of life who probably would never, ever, 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 ever step foot in church. But because Kanye West was doing it, they wanted to see what it was all about. Mm. And the way God will come into those Sunday services, it was unheard of. Like, I, I'm getting chills just thinking about it because it's like seeing God. Like, we all say, you know, God got a plan. But I literally was seeing God's plan in action. And I was like, wow. I'm, first of all, blown away that I'm a part of it. But honored and I took it serious. So that's why I started like defending it the way I did, because it was like, wait a minute. Yes, he has said X, Y, and Z, but I see for myself that this man is really going after God with everything he has. Right. So it's like, as a Christian, our, our part was to go, okay, this is a baby, baby, um, Christian. He's a baby, baby. We got to nurture mm -hmm. that. But the world and mainly us Christians was tearing it down. Yep. And so in our private time, the choir was building him up because we knew the assignment. Mm -hmm. We saw it from the beginning. Like if this really does what it's supposed to do, it's going to start a revival. Like the world is about to know who Christ is for real. And if they ever get a chance to step foot in a service, you're going to feel him for mm -hmm. real. And that's what happened, y'all. It like literally took off like wildfire. I mean, we were going after God with everything and it really was starting a revival. Like kids were coming from all over and they were giving their lives to Christ. We wasn't just up there singing. It was an invitation given at the end of every service. And you had the choice if you wanted to be a follower of Christ once you left there or not. And people were giving their lives to Christ thousands by the weekend, thousands. And so the devil got real mad. He got upset. And you know what he did? I really feel like this whole Corona stuff mm -hmm. is spiritual as well yep. because I ain't never seen no code take out church. Like you can't even go to church no more because of a code of a flu of a virus. It's spiritual. Mm -hmm. And the fact that a lot of Christians got scared with the rest of the world and they forgot to keep God in the front. It's like, we're losing spiritually. We're losing because too many people have given this, thing that's going on in the world too much power yeah they've put fear on the you know? and the fact that we can't go to church the fact that what kanye west was getting every sunday from our sunday services alone he can't get that right now the devil is using this in a lot of people's lives to distract them he's using whatever it was that you thought you were getting the upper hand on when the world stopped he got into a lot of people's minds he ain't getting mine because I, I knew from jump, this is spiritual and I'm going to keep God in the front. I'm going to acknowledge him in all my ways, moving forward, even through this. It's scary. I ain't got no job. Everybody unemployed, but I'm going to acknowledge God and know that this is spiritual. Mm -hmm. And I really feel like this is time. This is the time for us as believers to get our house in order, number one. And get lost. And really what mm -hmm. it is. This is spiritual. We got to start praying and we have to acknowledge God in all of our ways because at this point, we, the world has taken him away. Like who, when have we ever not been able to go to church? It's true. That ain't enough. Like you cannot go to church. The devil really has like, he think he winning, but God, oh God, he got the whole world in his hands. Like I'm, I'm not even scared about that. But the fact that the enemy has orchestrated like to the point where he does shut church down. Mm. That's crazy. As believers, we should have saw like, oh, wait a minute, <laughs> something wrong. And it should have made you pray even more. It should have made you want to like really get into that word and get into that relationship for yourself because you no longer have that four walls to go to on that Sunday mm -hmm. to get it. So it really made us self-sufficient and independent with our own relationship with God. Yeah, I think it also kind of highlights where you are as, as an individual as well. Because I think when you have the pastor drilling into you and telling you all these other things and you're, or it's third party information almost, you're getting it from an, another source. But when it's left to right. you and your own devices, you're exposed. So you're now having to mm -hmm. do your own spiritual warfare. You have to do your own prayers. Yep. You covering your own house and your walk mm -hmm. every day. And it's showing you uh, the work you need <laughs> to do. And some people don't okay. want to see that. Some people don't want to open their eyes to the fact that they have work to do. And these are the areas in which they need to work on it. 
So that is very true in what you're saying. I believe that a hundredfold. So it's an interesting time. I definitely think it's also a spiritual shift that we're experiencing. Absolutely. Like God's about to do something beyond. Okay. Don't leave me behind. <laughs> <laughs> Keisha's like bring the crab legs uh, you know what I mean <laughs> me okay whatever you're doing include me <laughs> don't do it without me God that's that's the one thing I, th- I think that especially with a platform like this where we can give voices to Christians all over the world that can even encourage people that are not of faith I think is also relatively important in the sense that I don't want to we don't want to come across as like we're like Bible bashing or we judge you for all the things that you do. No, we're all human. We all mm-hmm. excel in our own ways. But here's a forum for you to know that we too are human. We experience hurt. We experience pain, loss. But this is how we overcome it. And we overcome it because we, <laughs> exactly, we follow the most amazing and have the most amazing relationship with a man called Jesus Christ or the God called Jesus Christ. And yeah. So I think with that in mind, what would you say to like non-believers listening today? Like what would be your message for them? Try him, try him for yourself. I mean, what do you have to lose at the end of the day? You're walking through life, you know, trying to figure it out. What, Do you have to lose by actually talking to this person, Mm. telling him what you need, and then sitting back to see what results are going to happen? You know, he says faith without work is there. All you have to do is meet him halfway. So halfway sometimes is just opening your mouth, communicating what that need is. That could be the halfway. But sometimes we're so, you know, I don't know. We just, I think us as just humans, we overthink a lot. Mm. And. You really put God, um, you don't even have to put him anywhere. If you really just read what he says he is, he's so simple. He's so simple. And we make him so complicated. Um, so for a non-believer or someone who knows nothing of Christ, or maybe you think you do and you just can't get with it, I say try him again. And and try him not what church told you to try him as. Like literally strip away what you think you know about him and talk to him like you're getting to know a friend, someone that's a stranger. Like, ask those questions. And it's like, well, who am I asking? Like, he, you you will get the answers. Like, you're not talking to a ghost. You're not talking to air. Like, just try it. Give it a chance. Treat God Maybe like you're you there at a networking event. <laughs> Introduce <Yes>. yourself. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm 12 years old going, if I give you this $10, you got to show me. And look what it is. He said, I got you, little girl. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> guys please don't try that at home because it doesn't always work exactly don't work like that like like i'm gonna try that as soon as they open up the doors like, I'm in there, like, <laughs> like, i think i could get 100 with this 10 i'm trying to flip it what <laughs> trust me the roi makes sense that is not the prosperity gospel we are preaching <laughs> that's what happened to me i don't know if it'll happen that way but you never know. You might give that 10 and go out to eat. Somebody might pay the bill. You never know. Like the blessing comes in so many different forms. You just have to be open to being, um, to like see it for what it is. You just have to be open. It can be the smallest thing. One day I was driving. I love Starbucks. Everyone who knows me knows that's my place. I love it. And one day I was like, oh, I want this. I want this. Like I wanted to get everything. But I was like, all right, that's probably going to be about $20. But I was like, I want it. I ordered like a cheese Danish, a croissant, a hot drink, and a cold drink. And I get to the window and they're like, the person before you pay for it. And I'm like, what? (laughs) That's so weird. (laughs) I was over here trying to pity pinch myself. And some said, just go for it, girl. You got the $20. And the person in front of me paid for it. So they were like, do you want to pay for the person behind you? Because it's kind of like a chain effect. And I'm like, sure. And their stuff was like $2.30. I was like, great. (laughs) <laughs> I'll take that. That's that ten percent. <laughs> so I'm just like, you gotta just be open to see God blessing you in so many ways. It might not be that you give ten and you get a hundred dollars. It might be you give that ten and you go to the restaurant and someone pays for your whole meal. You might give that ten and for some reason you got a credit on your cell phone bill. Like you just have to be open to 
the blessings. And when you are blessed, acknowledge that it's him. Like, don't just let it go. Like, oh, that was, that was nice of them. Like, no, acknowledge it. It was God. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) So there's probably going to be a lot of people who are believers listening to this podcast and Obviously, there's a lot of things that happen when you're in the entertainment industry. What would your advice be for anyone in the entertainment industry who's a believer? And also, what about believers who are thinking about entering the entertainment industry, but they're scared Mm -hmm. because people's going to say, oh, why are you going into a secular industry? I mean, have that faith. Like, that's what it was for me. I took that leap of faith. um, And I don't even, well, let me retract. I don't even know if it was a leap of faith because I literally was going with the flow. Like I got this job. I said, okay, like, I don't know. It's just, you have to trust the process, I guess. Um, And talk to him during the process. Like it's trusting, you know, the doors that are being opened, but also asking, is this you? Because every door might not be him. So it's, it's like two and two, like, going through the motions, going through the journey, but also communicating with him to make sure, is this you, God? Is this what I'm supposed to do? Um, because everything that glitter ain't gold. And, and in the industry, we're working with the person that orchestrated all of it. So it's like you, it's different to me. It's different um, saying, oh, I want to be a doctor or a lawyer. Like the music industry, biblically, we got the fallen angel who was the person up there, oh, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm the conductor of it all. I'm in charge. So when he fell, what makes you think he didn't want to come down here and still be in charge? So why not he be the author of all this confusion we call music industry? It's not too far fetched. So it's like, you got to stay rooted. Got to keep that foundation knowing God is God, knowing that everything that's glittering ain't from him and keep that faith. Like he brought you this far. So all those people that are believers, you've had that journey and you've had those blessings to show you that, hey, I'm God, hold out, chill out. So it's like, you got to keep going. You got to keep that faith. Like faith without works is dead. And I cannot go this far to give up now. For oh, Mary Mary said it best. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Come on. You cannot. Well, you're coming up fast, Keisha. It is. I'm here. Listen, I'm here. A lot of people call me that like I end up being Pastor Keisha on a lot of the gigs. I'm the one that's praying before we hit the stage and I'm, you know, hey, I'm that light shining that hey, light. Shameless plug, shameless plug. Hey, come on. <laughs> that's me. Keisha, you have been amazing as, oh, I don't know, well, I say you might think I'm biased because she's my bestie. I'm saying it again, yes, you should know. But um, you have absolutely been everything that we expected and more in terms of your story, your testimony, and everything that you've given us today. I know it's only going to bless our listeners that are listening today and encourage them. And I have nothing else more to say because I feel like I'm just so full of, like, I've been inspired by you. I I don't even sing. I don't even have a voice to sing, but Keisha. Give it a go. (laughs) I'm not going to do that because God knows. Yeah, I've heard her sing, you know. (laughs) If I was a singer, I would want to go into, like, every audition now knowing what I know, standing firm in my foundation and knowing God is going to see me through anything and knowing that even if I have to lose everything, that I'm not moving without God. That's right, because the build-up is sweet. Yep, let him go. (laughs) And I would be remiss. As to not ask you to give us one 30 seconds of your favorite gospel track or any track. You know, okay. okay, no, I'll hit you with the favorite gospel. Because, I mean, when people ask me to sing, that's what I go to anyway, because that's all I know. Exclusive performance. Uh, let's see, what's up? What should I sing? Look, I didn't draw a blank. I love you. I love you. I love you, Lord, today because you cared for me in such a special way. And yes, I praise you. I lift you up and I magnify your name. That's why 
My heart is filled with your praise. Wow. Oh, God. Jesus. Now, now I know. Now I know that this is, this is what. Okay. Okay, Keisha. I just woke up. I'm up here sounding like Barry White. <laughs> that was you just not woken up. Okay. Huh? Okay. Now I feel like I should never even try using a microphone. Oh, no. <laughs> Please, that that's don't, 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 don't. Uh-huh. Now y'all know why I, I love her. Oh. Uh, but um, I'm going to end this podcast now because we have taken up so much of your time. And I just want to say God bless you. Continue being a light. Thank you, guys. <laughs> We'd just like to thank Keisha for an amazing interview. I've been really blessed by her story and I hope you guys have been blessed too. So until next time, ladies, gents, uncles, aunties, we will see you next time on Shine Your Light Podcast. Otherwise, you can reach us on our social media handle on Instagram at Come Shine Your Light. Also, if you want to email us, you can email us at shineyourlightpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you again and God bless. Yes.